The inflatable bucked and kicked as it skimmed the surface of the Thames. A stiff breeze flustered the water, sculpting it into small waves that smacked the bow as the craft progressed upriver. The low cloud pressing down on the capital glowed a dull orange, reflecting the city lights onto the deserted waterway. A lone night bus made its way across Battersea Bridge, empty of passengers, like a ghostly Mary Celeste on wheels. The only interruption to the boatman's progress had been a river police launch heading downstream to its base at Wapping. He had throttled back to tick over and steered into the shadow of one of the few remaining Thames barges moored on the seaward side of Tower Bridge. As the launch came past, he flattened himself against the hull, clenching his teeth against the cold. The launch slowed and veered so close that for a few seconds he could hear the radio coming from it, the sound of cheering. The election results were coming through. He stayed like that until the sound of the launch had faded into the night. The snow was starting again, welcome additional cover to obscure the small craft, fine flecks that swirled uncertainly in the biting wind. All but his face was covered by the marine dry suit. The chills sliced at his features, freezing the moisture in his nose and round his lips, a warning that whatever snow made it to the ground would quickly freeze. Already ice was crusting along the water's edge. He decided to ignore it. Years ago he had taught himself not to worry about things that were out of his hands and focus on what he could control and what was ahead. Although he had never been there, he knew the layout of the hotel inside out. He had started with YouTube and the news reports of the opening, then read all the entries on TripAdvisor. It was amazing how much time people wasted recording their visits in mind-numbing detail. From there he had graduated to a presentational CGI animation prepared by the architects, and finally the plans themselves, until he could conjure up the whole layout in his mind's eye, like a hologram. He had two entry-point options, one through the kitchens, the other the laundry. But the kitchens, even at 3.30am, were unlikely to be empty. A skeleton crew would still be on duty, handling room service requests and keeping the last of the revellers fed and watered. The laundry should be deserted. He had to find somewhere to slip out of the dry suit and ditch the backpack after he'd pulled out the less conspicuous overnight bag that held the kit he needed. The weapon, a Glock 9mm with a titanium suppressor, and an extended 20-round magazine, much more than he required for what he expected to be a surgical strike. A bowie knife, smoke canisters, a mask. From his research he knew that there was a locker room and a toilet to the back of the laundry. He needed a mirror to check himself over before he moved into the public area. In the first plan, there were to have been three of them, two for cover. He hadn't liked it. Too conspicuous. But who's going to watch your back? they'd asked. He said he'd watch his own. He was used to it. Why break the habit of a lifetime? Alone, he had complete control. No one else to consider if he had to make a change of plan. The truth was, he didn't much care about his back. Didn't want to be encumbered. This was his idea. His plan. We won't forget this, Fez, they told him. Whatever. The hotel came into view. The Ice Palace. These days all new buildings in London seem to acquire nicknames. The Gherkin, the Cheese Grater, and so on. And Ice Palace sounded better than Battersea Regina. Some smart-ass had already called its giant three-story atrium the Battersea Vagina. True to its name, though, this one looked the part. All tiered glass, like something that had time-travelled out of the future, and, like all good palaces, it was surrounded by a vast fortified wall to keep out any trouble. But not the riverfront. Didn't the architects have any sense of history?
As the craft made its way towards the target, he reviewed his route once more. He was right to avoid going through the kitchens. Unless he could slip past the staff, he would have to take down whoever was there, which would be messy and risky. He didn't want collateral. There was only one target. The better option was through the laundry. He smiled grimly as he thought of the heavy security out front, ever vigilant, never imagining the threat that was coming by a river on a frozen February night. He slowed as the hotel came into view. A giant slab of glass and concrete bordering the southern bank of the river. So new there were still traces of the last construction work. He unclipped the oars and dropped their paddles into the water. Short, shallow scoops brought the craft noiselessly up to the jetty. Over his shoulder he spotted a lone, silhouetted figure on the broad apron that separated the hotel from the river, leaning against the balustrade, the orange dot of a cigarette glowing minutely as the smoker drew on it. The figure straightened, the cigarette suspended in front of him. As he watched, he unzipped the suit, felt for the glock. One well-aimed shot and it would be that smoker's last gasp. But before he drew down his weapon, the man flicked the butt into the water, turned and ambled back out of the cold.